We'll dismiss the kids to go downstairs. Three years old through six years old. First Peter chapter three. This last week, part of our study in 1 Peter dealt with verse 15. And I want to deal with just one aspect of this verse 15 of 1 Peter chapter 3. He has been addressing the believers and in the midst of this world they're in, persecution that they're bearing, being misunderstood, Make sure you suffer for doing what is right. And he says, verse 15, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. It's often overlooked in this verse, but the first phrase, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. What does it mean to sanctify the Lord God in our hearts? Um, technically and literally, the word sanctify means to set apart, to, to set up as a, as a priority, or it's, it's specifically designated. Um, there are certain things that you may have that it's specifically desi- it's set apart. As believers, we are set apart unto God, and once we trust Christ as Savior, He begins the sanctification, the setting apart process in our life to make us more like Christ. But this is something that he's writing to the believers and telling them to do, to sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. It isn't that we make God more Christ-like. It isn't, it's, the word literally means to set Christ as the priority of your life. To, to set Him apart as... As your life, we often have a tainted view of Christ. Uh, To many, they see him as a handyman, a source for quick fixes to deal with the adversities that they come into. To some, they see him as an interior decorator to embellish and enhance Everything we do in the realm of our life. Some see him as an emergency medical technician. Poised and ready on standby to be brought to the crisis and to bring a sense of relief. Some see him, in a sense, as a personal trainer. Kind of kept on a retainer basis here. And we depend on him to, to give us some advice to help our life to be better. Um, some might see him as a 
pharmacist dispensing liberating self-discoveries, so to speak, or putting a healing balm on our hurting hearts and prescribing various uh, prescriptions for our suffering that life throws at us. Someone has said that, that kind of spelled out these, David Brandt is his name, said, but many, probably most of us, see him as our mascot, as Psy or Herky or Charger or... It's, it's something that maybe when you initially hear that, you might think, how could that be? But we welcome him among us to, to cheer us on, to inspire our efforts, to give us confidence at the outcome of the contest. But the game is really about us. We call the plays. We organize the team. We plan the strategies. We pile up the points, and we get the wins. He's just kind of a figurehead. He's representative of us. Um... And rarely does it cross our mind that Jesus Christ is supreme. And in understanding that in the final analysis of everything, He is the one that coaches the players and calls the strategies. And He is the one that quarterbacks the team. And He is the one that is to do the work, and get the write-ups, and so on. And in essence, what Peter's writing, he's reminding them and telling them, I want you to acknowledge the supremacy of Christ, not just as acknowledging a mascot or acknowledging, yeah, I need this handyman, but to acknowledge that, Christ, you are my all in all. And in realizing, sanctify the Lord God in your heart, so we don't have the time to go into, but our hearts signify our entire being. The heart is the center of ourself. So, sanctifying the Lord God in my heart, setting Him apart as, as all. And we want to just quickly mention some important points here. Number one, that means Christ is my purpose. What is your purpose for living? Is Christ here to help you with your purpose? Or is your purpose Christ? Paul said, for me to live is Christ. My whole purpose for living is Christ. And to die is gain in Philippians chapter 1. It means turning everything over to Him and to live only to please Him, to live only for His glory, to exalt Him in our hearts, to honor His glory and His perfections, His power and His wisdom, His goodness, His faithfulness, his character. I mean, think about it. What other purpose 
could you have that could even at all compare to having Christ as my purpose? And, and, and coming to that realization makes everything different in life. You'll, you'll see everything, the joys of life, the sorrows of life, the adversities of life, everything different because my purpose for living is Jesus Christ. That then brings us number two, Christ is my master. Lord, I am yours. In my entirety, lock, stock, and barrel, hook, line, and sinker, however you want to say it, mind, body, and soul, the Lord alone is the authority in my life, and everything starts and stops with Him. He is the Lord. The New Testament calls Jesus Lord 663 times. It calls Him Savior 16 times. I think most of us kind of are heavy on the Savior part, and I'm not minimizing that, but we do minimize this aspect, He is my Master. He is Lord. Lord means master. And I think many times we don't even put Lord as master together. I mean, it, it, it's, not, it's not an option. Do I obey my master? Yes, you obey the master. He is Lord. He is my master. To bow before Him and say, Lord, Thank you for the sweet and the bitter. You have the right to do with my life whatever you desire. I am yours. Think about it. If you, if you don't come to that point, it doesn't change the fact that he still has the right to do with your life whatever. You're just going to be fighting it all the way through life. But if you yield to him, and, and why wouldn't we? He, there is no one more loving, no one more kind, no one more powerful, no one more merciful, no one with greater knowledge. Why do we resist it? Because our hearts are prone in antagonism against him. But sanctifying the Lord God is saying, God, my purpose for living is you. And that makes you my master. I am going to submit to your will. Understanding, as Peter said, understanding that that may mean there will be some suffering. But suffering in your will, God, is better than not suffering out of your will. It also means that Christ is my passion or my love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. Jesus is not content with 90% of your affection. Your spouse... 
would be very unhappy with you giving 10% of your love to another man or another woman. We, we don't even think in those terms. We think that is an affront, that is despicable, and yet we, we're content with giving God I'm going to go and and have my mistress over here, Lord. You're content with that, aren't you? No. He's the Lord. Everything we have, and even that analogy breaks down, but I think it helps you realize He is to be the love of my life. He's given me life, physical life. He alone gives me spiritual life. He alone sustains my life, His grace, and and so on. So it means sanctifying the Lord God. God, I am setting you apart as my purpose. I am setting you apart as my master. I am setting you apart as the object of my love. You say, well, if He's the object of my love... How am I, I'm supposed to love my wife. You love Christ like you ought to, it will make you a better husband. It will make you a better wife. It will make you a better parent. It's not like you only have so much love, and if I give all that love to God, then I won't have any love for anyone else. No, you give all your love to God, and He'll multiply, He'll purify your love, that you will be the best husband that you can be, the best wife, the best parent, and so on. So it means, God, I am making you the object of my love. And and we don't have the time to go into it, but that means what you love, you think about. What you love, you talk about. It also means setting apart, sanctifying God in my heart means that Christ is my fear. It means to fear displeasing Him rather than to fear what men might do unto us. And and He's writing this to these believers and He said, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. You fear God more than you fear man. Man might persecute you. They might chase you down and hunt you. But let Christ be the one that motivates you. Psalm 27 and verse 1 says, The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom then shall I fear? Unless the Lord is the strength of our life, unless our life is built around Him, we can't ever say, Of whom shall I fear? It all begins with having a healthy, godly fear of God. And in understanding that, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts with our proper affections. And as we love Him, He will give us a peace that liberates us from the fears that seek to destroy us. So it's coming back to realize, sanctifying the Lord God in my heart, setting apart Christ 
as He is my purpose. He is my Lord. He is my master, my passion. He is my fear. He is my all in all. Brother Lester Roloff said, if I woke up this morning and all I had was Christ, I would have everything I needed. I mean, think about that. If you woke up this morning and your house was gone and everything was gone, and you had Christ, would you really believe that you had everything you needed? This month will be coming up to St. Patrick's Day. And St. Patrick was a Christian leader that exhibited as a missionary But he penned these words. He wrote the hymn that says, Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in the hearts of all that love me, Christ in the mouth of friend and stranger. It was his way of saying, Christ is all. Everything is about Christ. It doesn't matter. It it comes down to Christ. And the one who has Christ has everything. The one who has everything except Christ has nothing. And the one who has Christ plus everything else does not have any more than the one who has Christ alone. The bottom line of all that that may have been a little bit confusing is if you have Christ, you have everything you need. And the one that may have everything and does not have Christ has nothing. And we could list example after example of individuals, famous people and celebrities that have had everything and their life was a wreck because they did not have Christ. But the question is, to us today, is is Christ my all? Have I set apart Christ, sanctified the Lord God in my hearts that He's my purpose, He's my master, He's the one that I fear, He's the one that I follow to the point that people notice, wow, you march to the beat of a different drummer? Your life is different. Why? Then to be ready to give an answer to every man that asketh. But we ask ourselves, how have I substituted other things for Christ's role in my life? What what has slid into my life and become my love more than Christ? What is it that I find my mind going to and thinking about and and dwelling on? Those are the things that, that give an evidence of what we love. Do I find my mind going to Christ? Do I 
find my thoughts and plans going to Christ. What is it that that I really love? You know, most of us here today, there wasn't a day that we woke up and said, you know what, I'm going to go love something else today. Most of us came to our first love in Christ, but gradually we left our first love. And gradually something else slid onto the throne of our heart and became our genuine love. And we're no longer sanctifying Christ in our heart. We're no longer setting Him apart as our purpose, as our love, as our master, as our passion. And because of that, as he wrote to the church in Revelation, I have something against you because you've left your first love. So we ask, what usually absorbs your affections on a daily basis? What genuinely preoccupies your mind? What do you consider to be the pinnacle of your life purpose? What, what do you believe the reason you were created and redeemed in the first place? How has Christ's passion for you enabled you and all your passions to be focused on Him and directed toward Him? Do you ever fear being labeled as one who became a little too fanatical with that Christ stuff? Can you truly say that you have set apart Christ in your life? That God, nothing else can even come close to mattering in my life like Christ. And let me say, if, if you don't come to that point, God has already predetermined that there'll be chipping away things that you're loving that Christ will show, see, that does not satisfy You chased after this, what do you have now? And why does he do that? Because he loves us. He knows anything but Christ will be a major, major disappointment and disaster. But when we know Christ, and so anything that we love apart from Christ, Christ will have it disintegrate. He may let us Achieve it and still find out that it doesn't satisfy because He wants to bring us to set apart Christ in our life. Lord, You are all that matters. You are the one that gave Your life for me so that I can sing, No condemnation, now I fear. And Christ isn't content with 50% or 75% or 90. And that's why Peter wrote and said, sanctify the Lord God in your heart. That's our responsibility to enshrine Christ, to set Him apart. 
And only you can set him apart. Your spouse can't set him apart in your life, can't do it for your family. Your parents can't do it for you. That This is your decision. And, and God will often bring us to a crossroads in our life where you'll come to say, okay, do I really believe Christ is all? And if so, then I am committed to this. We sing the song, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We desire, we know the principles, but what do you need to do to set apart Christ in your life as your all in all? We used to sing a song that I remember singing as a kid. Christ is all I need. Christ is all I need. Jesus is all I need. You know, that needs to become a reality in our life. We get filled with fear. What's going to happen in the future? What's going to happen around us? What's going to happen in me? To zero in as a laser on Jesus Christ that my life is yours, God. You do with it what you want. I am committed to honoring and glorifying you. I am setting you apart as the purpose, as the passion, as the love, as the master of my life. Here I am. And no one ever regrets setting apart Christ in their life. Heavenly Father, I pray that we truly would know right now the ministry of your Spirit in setting apart you in our life. Lord, you know each of our hearts. You know specifically what we need to do to set you apart to make you the purpose of our life. And Lord, I pray that steps of obedience to your Spirit would be taken today and that you truly would be established as our purpose, as our master, as our passion, as our all. I pray if there's one here today that has never submitted their life to you to allow you to be the Lord of their life, Lord, I pray today they would cry out to you for mercy and forgiveness of sin through Jesus Christ. So, Lord, may you find in us hearts that say yes to obeying you in these moments, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together with our...